super cool that she, um, you know, was able to chat with us and really just saying about 45 seconds worth. <laughs> there was some kind of restriction about that. Uh, uh, you know, copyright, trial, I don't know what. Did she sing part of your world at least? She, she did. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the, if no, you no, only have 45 sang, seconds to sing, yeah. that's what you sing, sang, right? Part of, part of your world, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> back everybody this week's special bonus edition of the dcl duo podcast continuing our month of wish coverage sam are you excited oh my god brian i am so so excited i like can't wait to talk to this guest because she's an awesome person and she's got some awesome stuff to share with us and with our listeners. So I'm really excited, more excited for this show than I've been for a lot of recordings. I will say um, this is just a, a big, big, big deal. Yeah. Brian, and we're, before- not just, we're not just introing this guest as being excited about what she's going to talk to us about because she also happens to own the agency that sponsors our show. Like we are legitimately excited. <laughs> <laughs> to be talking to Karen from my path unwinding travel, coming to you, as I like to say, live but recorded from the Disney Wish. So welcome, Karen. We are so, so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. The technology seems to be working beautifully. I am not only live from the Disney Wish, but I am connected to you through their new premium surf Wi-Fi. So hopefully that everything will work smoothly, but it has been beautiful and running perfectly so far for the last couple of days. And it sounds like our connection is, is perfect. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That just tells our guests how good the new Wi-Fi on board the wishes that we are able to be we are streaming recording this over Zoom and you are on board. We know this is your castaway key day. So you guys are parked, but you're on the ship's Wi-Fi, not on castaway keys, you know, cellular or anything. Correct. I actually was on the cell service earlier doing some Facebook lives on the cell service and it uh, degraded a bit. It went down from four to three G and kind of got a little bit stuttery. So I switched over to the ship's Wi-Fi for that and it worked beautifully. So I thought it would probably be better to stick with the ship's Wi-Fi for this call as well. And and speaking of those Facebook lives, I I will admit, Karen, I was one of your one of the folks watching you showing off the beautiful concierge lounge and the beautiful concierge sun deck. And so I just want to let people know you can find those on Facebook uh, through the, my path unwinding travel page, as well as uh, through the Disney uh, cruise line concierge guest Facebook group. Yep. The, we streamed live. I might do some more later, but we have the concierge group where I featured the lounge areas and uh, it it is incredible. And I can't wait to share more with you all um, about just everything about the ship. And for everyone out there, before we dive into talking to Karen about her impressions on the Disney wish, I want to let you know that we're recording this as a special edition episode here. And so it's going to get a very light pass edit for me. Everyone out there knows I'm type A, so I can't not edit an episode, but it's going to be a very light pass edit so we can get it out to you quickly uh, so that all of you who are sailing on these early voyages on the wish can benefit from Karen's experience. But Sam, where do you want to start? So much that we could talk about. Actually, maybe let me take it first. I just want to ask Karen overall impression of the ship. And we've been seeing some, I would say, conflicting feedback on the flow of the ship. But what is your overall impression of the ship and and its layout, its design, all of that stuff? The ship is stunning. The color palette, the decor, the design of the ship, I think is absolutely gorgeous. It is very different. And from listening to your other podcasts, I learned to board the ship with 
a, a clean mind, you know, kind of trying not to compare it to what I'm used to from my you know, countless Disney cruise sailings on the other ships uh, and just to come at it with fresh eyes. It is definitely different. If you come on expecting to see certain things in certain places, uh, you'll be a little bit turned around. Uh, Definitely feels like I'm a new cruiser on this ship. Everything feels so, uh, you know, so new and so different. The, um, you know, I think one of the things that I've seen most commented on is the fact that there is just two sets of elevators, that there is kind of a forward set and a aft set of elevators, no longer a midship set of elevators, which is true of a lot of ship designs from other cruise lines now. And I think that it, um, for the most part, it will be easily you'll people will easily adjust to it because the elevators are not all the way forward and all the way back. Our room uh, that we had for the first two nights of the sailing was a stateroom, um, uh, deluxe stateroom veranda on deck ten, and it is listed as midship, and it looks kind of midship on the deck plan, but it was right around the corner from the aft elevators. So it the elevators are just kind of compressed a little closer in. So there is no midship elevator anymore, but the forward and aft elevators are both moved closer to midship, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that that that's not, I mean, already we had the forward and the midship elevators were kind of close to one another on the other ships as well. So to me, as long as the stairs are big enough and there's enough elevators, which it sounds like there are, I don't see a huge negative to this. It's just going to take people a little bit of time to adjust. I agree. And I think there are some times where there might be bottlenecks, just like there's always bottlenecks on any of the ships. So last night after the fireworks and pirate party, we went into the elevator lobby and it was crowded. What we did was we took the stairs because we were on deck 10 and it was easy just to kind of pop around all the people that were in the elevator and and uh, go down the stairs. And the stairs were not congested at all. And um, I think there have been some operational issues with the elevators still. Um, you know, this is a new ship and there's definitely still some things that they're tweaking. Uh, we've noticed, you know, there are times where, uh, for instance, last night I was on deck three and the probably four elevators said they were on deck three, but none of them were opening for us. <laughs> they were just kind of stuck there. One said out of service, but the other didn't. So we went up to deck four and then that same elevator that was said it was on deck three came up and we got on and, you know, it took us up to deck 10, no problem. So there's definitely still some things that are getting tweaked. um, And that's, you know, part of the fun of a new ship. (laughs) Yeah. And how's the, you know, you mentioned going on the ship with a fresh perspective as a way to sort of counteract. I know the dream and the fantasy. This is going to take me a little bit to figure out. Have you noticed any, I guess, bottlenecks on the ship or places where you're like, that is a really odd place to put that venue or a really odd design choice? I'm trying to think. I don't think anything stands out. I know I had heard some folks thinking that the Festival of, Festival of Foods could get a little bottlenecked. I had not experienced that at all this sailing from the moment we walked on. I, I headed straight to uh, the barbecue place to get some ribs based on Jeff's recommendation from your last show. <laughs> I'm a rib fan, so I was ready. Me and too, Karen. Me too. I can't wait for those ribs. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a line, you know, everybody's boarding and, you know, everybody's, and there really wasn't, it was, it was just fine. And that is even with on this sailing, uh, on both sides of that deck undercover are media tables right now. There's table after table of radio folks, and that's taking up space and room. And so even with that, it might have felt a little bit more cramped in the Festival of Foods area or where the ice cream soft serve places. But there was never a huge line. There was never where I felt like, you know, 
oh my gosh, I have to navigate. The only time I felt a little bit crowded, as I said, was last night after the fireworks and um, just getting through. Um, But otherwise, you know, no, I have not experienced any problems with kind of flow of people movement. Cool. So I want to ask a little bit about the pool deck um, area, but specifically, I want to ask about the Aqua Mouse because we have yet to have a guest that has been on the Aqua Mouse. And I believe that you may have had a chance to get on this thing. And I want to hear all about it, Karen. <laughs> Absolutely. I am a huge fan of the Aqua Duck. I I am not a huge roller coaster fan, thrill ride girl, but the aqueduct is my jam and I had to get on the aqua mouse. And so yesterday, uh, probably around six o'clock after the early uh, seating people left for dinner, we hopped over to the aqua mouse and got on it. And I loved it. It is definitely a different ride. And, uh, but I, it was, it was really, I loved how it's designed. And one of the things that's cool about it is that you actually board and get off at the exact same spot. So, you know, opposed to the aqua duck where you put your stuff and then kind of have to go back and find it. They have, you know, little cubbies and everything for your stuff. You get in line and it feels more like a theme park ride. There's no, you do go upstairs to get to the boarding area, but it's not an enclosed area like on the other ships. Once you get into line, it is kind of that queue that can go back and forth, but there was no queue when we went to ride it. We walked straight on and there were folks that were coming off of it and they just said, do you want to ride again? And some of the kids just, uh, you know, Sure. And they didn't even get off and they just kept going. So when you get on, there is a conveyor belt. And that's another great thing about this design is it's continuous boarding. So it's not like the aqua mouse where the aqua duck rather, where you have to wait until, you know, the other person has basically fully gone through the ride and exited safely before they let you go. It is continuous. So they just pop the raft down for you, you board, and it's one of those conveyor belts and you start going. And we had a blast. It does feel like the water ride element of it is a bit shorter than the aqueduct because the first part of it feels more like a theme park ride where you're watching some of the cute video clips and cartoon clips kind of getting you ready for the ride. You do get sprayed a little bit and then you go into this dark area that starts you on, on the slide part of it. Cool. And, and I've heard it's like the theming is reminiscent of like runaway railway. Is that a fair assessment? I would say yes. Um, honestly, a little bit is I only got to ride it once. And so I don't know that it all registered with me, but it, it did feel a little bit to me like, um, you know, kind of like a roller coaster and I mean, not anywhere nearly as thrilling, you know, in terms of the twists and turns on it. Um, but, you know, a cute, a cute Mickey and Minnie uh, theme as you're going through. And be sure to look for Chip and Dale at the end. Oh, Ooh, I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I, we've got to figure out a way to get Nathan on the Aqua Mouse. He's not a huge Aqueduct person, but he loves like all those Minnie and Mickey cartoons on like the stateroom TVs at all the Disney resorts. So I feel like he would really like this because of the theming and the screen aspect of it. So let's talk a bit about uh, Karen, the adult areas because that's another place we've been hearing some mixed reviews especially i think around the cove cafe area and the infinity pool off the back of the ship perhaps not being (laughs) the size that people thought it was going to be what did you think of the kind of adult area on the pool deck so you know at first glance the infinity pool does look small compared to what we might be used to at uh like the adult pool on you know the other ships it is A little bit difficult to say because this sailing has almost all adults. There are some kids on it, a fair amount, but most people are traveling without kids. So that area definitely was 
more heavily utilized. But I think the important thing to keep in mind is that the adult-only area is so much more than the Cove Bar and the Infinity Pool, which there's you know limited seating right around it, but it really extends all the way to the sides, both sides of the ship. There is a hot tub on the side of the ship that's part of the adult-only area, lots of seating on either side. And we found a fun little spot, um, one deck up, right above the cove pool is some nice cushy seating area. One side is smoking. So avoid that if that's not your jam. It's not mine, but I did not have any sense of like smelling any smoke or anything from the other side. We were on the other side, right up those stairs and we had cushy seats. Bar service still came up there. And, you know, I thought that was a great little uh, kind of, hidden gem of where to sit. That's the theme of the ship is that, and that's what takes getting used to is that the ship is not about these large open spaces with tons of seating. It's more about breaking everything down into smaller areas. And I think when you get on, you'll experience that over and over in the dining rooms, in the lounges and in the pools, everything is like, let's have these smaller areas and you'll find your spot. That's interesting. That. Yeah. It sort of creates it's- intimacy. Yeah. Exactly what I was going to say. I think the the intimacy and the romanticism of the ship are much more prevalent when you don't feel like you're in a massive dining room. And that seems to be the strength of both the dining spaces, the bar spaces and the pool spaces on on this ship, for sure. Um, I would love to hear if you've had any opportunity to uh, wander through the kids clubs, um, not just the Oceaneers, but Edge and Vibe and then the Hideaway and and what your impressions are of those spaces. We saw it all and the spaces are absolutely gorgeous, well-designed, have some fun features like you might expect from Disney What is really fun is, I guess, let's talk about Oceaneers. I took the slide down from the atrium deck three down to deck two. I love that you did this because this is totally something I plan on doing if they let me, Karen. So... I, ho- I, I think, think they're going to have to fight will. you not to, Sam. I think they're going to have to fight you not to. Yeah. <laughs> I think they will. You might want to make sure that you have shorts on and not a dress like I did. <laughs> And because I was filming <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> you don't want to give anybody too much of a show, right? This, this is, is a family a friendly cruise. <laughs> um, but it was fun, and um, you know, you land and you land right at the entrance to Oceaneers Club where there's sinks to wash your hands. And oh my gosh, these kids club areas are phenomenal. And what's really cool is that. I mean, it basically takes up all of deck two. So you've got the nursery down there. You've got the Oceaneers Club and the lab. You've got the Star Wars area and the Marvel areas. And what's really, really neat is that each of those areas can be either opened up or divided off. So, for example, there is one just absolutely adorable space that is really great for toddlers and it has just kind of like this indoor playground that is themed towards kind of like a cruise ship but you know made into Disney style and it also has these great interactive wall features that you like these murals that when you turn something the murals move and would just be so captivating for like the one and two year olds and that is are attached to the nursery, but it also attaches to Oceaneers. So they can move it and decide who to open it up for, whether it's 
you know, let's open it up for the nursery right now. Let's open it up for the younger set of oceaneers or open it up for open house to parents, for parents to come down and play. And that is kind of the whole area down there. Every section can kind of be opened and closed for multi-purpose. That's brilliant. Cause I know that on the other ships, they've had even like sort of tween and teen takeovers of certain of, of the kids clubs, but it means they have to shut down, you know, half of the kids club, right? Either the lounge or the lab if you're talking about on the, the two larger ships. But yeah, I mean, this gives much more opportunity to close off just particular areas and allow, like you said, those either special functions for those older kids or those younger kids in the nursery uh, or for the or for parents and families to come in. I love that. What a great, what, what a smart, what a smart thing that, I mean, it seems like Disney's made so many smart decisions with this ship, you know, from the godchildren onward. It's just brilliant. Well, we'll find out for ourselves in about two days, Sam, (laughs) (laughs) how smart they have been or not. I think what you're going to find too, is that the programming is going to be really fun. So, you know, when I, I learned yesterday that one of the programs for the nursery is story time um, or little Bo Peep is coming into the nursery and you're going to, the little kids are going to be able to help her find her sheep. How cute is that? (laughs) I want to go to that. (laughs) Right. And it just sounds so peaceful. Like do that and then go take a nap. That's exactly what they want. And then in the Oceaneer Club, one of the activities is story time with Belle. And we think we have that, you know, we're familiar with that idea from the parks. But actually what they're going to be doing is helping kids write their own stories during that time. So that is really fun. The the spaces in Oceaneer are just endless. You just they just keep going and going, and they're fill, filled with Disney nostalgia, with creativity, with the stories, and then and then the Star Wars area, <laughs> Cargo Bay. I'm not a huge Star Wars person, so I don't remember the exact titles for everything, but that area is mind blowing. The amount of detail that they put in all the creatures that are staying there that you can kind of, you know, see that they're living and breathing there (laughs) is I mean, it is just gorgeous and so cool. I think if I was going to say the one area that has me questioning a little bit is the Marvel um, Marvel area. And I saw that uh, yesterday. And it's very likely that when it comes to life with the programming, it's going to be amazing. There's a lot of interaction there that I did not get to experience. When you walk into the Marble Academy, I think it's called, it doesn't look like all that much, but I think there's a lot of potential there. So we'll have to wait for reviews of the actual kids experiencing it. Were were there any experiences that they don't have up and running in that space yet? Like for instance, a, a friend of mine keeps telling me, which I don't think I ever heard in the announcements, I just missed it. I wasn't paying attention for it about like a VR build your own roller coaster experience. And then there's some stuff that's been in their advertising around like a, it looks like a character or like a Marvel character in like a tube and you can somehow like change your costumes or something like that. Like, did you, do you see anything in there that didn't seem like it was up and running? Everything seems like actually that build your own roller coaster. Um, I, that was in the Oceaneers area. Um, I think that's running. Um, we got to kind of see a preview of that, some of the different sections, and that was really cool. Um, I think that the Marvel stuff is all running as well. I mean, it's very possible that some of the technology might not work as planned, but that all looks like it's in place. What's not in place, as far as I can tell, is the new um, interactive game on board the ship. Yeah, Disney Uncharted. Yeah, we've heard that that AR experience, we, we heard that, uh, I heard somewhere that Josh Demaro, when he was on board, was wandering around testing it out, and it was only working about half the time. So it sounds like they've got a road ahead of them to get that working, which is unfortunate. I know Sam was really excited about that. 
there's still some, you know, things that they're working on. And I will say that, you know, even on this sailing, you know, what, two days where, or two days before the maiden voyage, um, there's still workers out there um, working on some things. We still see, um, my husband pointed out little blue dots on glass that he said means punch list items. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, we saw that in 1923. And, you know, we've, uh, there is a sign company that's on, that was on board, uh, adding signage. So we saw the tangled salon sign go up. We saw a sign directing, you know, just to, um, aft elevators going up. So, you know, I think there, you might've heard some feedback that, you know, some things have not been well marked and that's because the sign company hasn't put everything up yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course, the, you know, the other thing just to, I don't want to spend too much time here, but the other thing that's missing right for this sailing and that we've now learned through email for some of the future sailings or some of the shows uh, aren't ready for prime time. Uh, So we we heard that you had the, I forget the first night show, but the first night show and that's it. No more shows for the rest of sailing. And so uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. We had seize the adventure on the first night, which I absolutely adored. It was the perfect first night show. It has all the characters that you love. It has amazing songs. The talent in that show blew me away. You know, you always think Disney has great performers, right? But this talent on that show, they all hit it out of the park. I mean, it was just gorgeous. And the storyline is just that perfect Disney storyline that makes you feel so happy and feel wonderful. And it worked. Everything went off perfectly. I really enjoyed it. It's a short show intentionally the first night show is normally a little bit shorter right so that people can kind of get acclimated it was maybe 30 35 minutes but yeah sadly uh little mermaid and aladdin are not ready and as you said uh my understanding is aladdin is will still not be ready for the maiden voyage Correct. And the DVC charter. Um, So we got emails for both the maiden voyage and the DVC charter that the that Aladdin will not be ready. But we did, on the other hand, get emails that both sees the in that email that sees the adventure and um, and Little Mermaid will be. And so I'm I'll be honest, I know Brian's a little disappointed just because he thinks everything should be ready. And I I understand that perspective, but I, you know, I've seen Aladdin on the fantasy and I know this is a revamped show, but I can't imagine it's going to be super different. So I'm way more excited about the fact that we're actually going to get to see the little mermaid and, and the new CC adventure show as well. Cause those are both, you know, brand new and exclusive to the wish right now. Absolutely. And the little mermaid is so tied into, you know, the, the theming and the merchandise on board. I know they are working really hard during Seasley adventure. We happen to sit behind the, uh, some of the production folks. We, we noticed two rows were kind of roped off, uh, right next to the soundboard and we sat right behind them. So I, you know, leaned forward and said, Hey, you know, how come your seats are reserved? <laughs> And they said, well, we're with the production team. <laughs> so I know I know that they're working really, really hard. I congratulated them on CZ Adventure. We all loved it. And I know they're working really hard to, you know, get everything in place. It sounds like there's, you know, a number of different issues that have slowed them down. And, you know, that's kind of par for the course these days in any new opening, right? With between supply chain and COVID and personnel, things get slowed down. But I know that for people that are on those first two sailings, there's still going to be plenty to to do. Well, we you mentioned merchandise a second ago. I've got to ask uh, what the merchandise situation looks like on board, Karen, if you've, if you've seen. So I was determined to buy the Cinderella statuette because I was concerned that it would sell out or would it be available. I have the statue from all the other ships. And because of the special nature of uh, this sailing that I'm on being a preview sailing, we did not have the opportunity to pre-order anything. So I was a little concerned. So I went right to (laughs) the shop. And 
Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. I did not go to Mickey's main sale. The first shop that I went into was the shop that has the Pandora and the Cologne. I'm going to blank on the name right now. And I asked them, where is the statue sold? And they said, well, we happen to have it here as well as Mickey main sale. So I bought it the first night. But uh, there seems to be plenty of availability, <laughs> and there was no there was no limit. I was surprised there was no oh, wow. limit. Wow, interesting. Um, so, I wonder was there any limit on anything? Did you notice, like for example, pins? Right, like a lot of people are pin collectors and are concerned about you know because there's probably inaugural sailings. Well, there will, I'm sure there'll be made in voyage specific ones, but I think there, there are, are we, inaugur- pre, we, we pre-ordered one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But there's probably also inaugural sailings specific ones as well. There, and so there was nothing are- that I saw that had limited availability or, you know, that said you can only buy one. And there was quite a bit of merchandise, you know, that was for the inaugural, um, you know, that said inaugural sailings. There is this whole section that is devoted to, to uh, make a wish and when you buy those anything from the inaugural uh any inaugural merchandise my understanding um leads to a donation to make a wish um so you know there this is uh an intense group of passengers you know you've got about half the people that are media that maybe don't care so much about all the merch but then you got all the travel agents and their guests and we are into this merchandise i'll tell you and there was, there was no limit. I walked through the store last night. There was plenty of all sizes, which made me happy. Um, and there was, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of different items available. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel. You know, Sam and I have gotten to know the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel over time, and they are just so knowledgeable, so wonderful, so responsive, so welcoming. They have a great set of communities built on Facebook where they answer people's questions. We know that if you decide to book your next vacation with My Path Unwinding Travel, you will have a wonderful, wonderful experience. So if you are looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation and adventure, by Disney Vacation, maybe you've been eyeing an all-inclusive resort vacation, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash Duo to book your next vacation. We know you'll have a fantastic experience. And with that, back to our episode. Well, we can't talk about a Disney cruise without talking about the food. And I'm curious to start, Karen, if you had a chance to experience or if they did any sort of um, previews around the adult dining venues, because that's one place we've not heard much about because they've been so limited and who's allowed to go in there and, and eat at the moment. So I'm just curious, did you get a chance to, to experience any of those venues? Well, so uh, I did walk through Enchante. And got some, you know, just a beautiful view of all of that space. Uh, there was the opportunity for people to come on board and uh, make reservations for dinner. I chose not to because on a three-night sailing, I wanted to make sure that I experienced the three main dining venues. However, I said, well, let's make sure to go ahead and experience the Rose, which we had a cocktail out last night, which is the, I would say that it's, you know, the equivalent is Meridian because it is, you know, the adult only bar that connects between Enchante and Paulo, but it is going to be so much more used than Meridian. It, it was hopping last night. We squeezed in at the bar, get a spot. The cocktails are amazing, and that's going to be a great spot. Um, but uh, we haven't shared, you know, the exciting news that I am staying in the funnel suite tonight. <laughs> so um, because we, uh, I, I won this amazing uh, co- raffle and we i'm actually sitting here in one of the master bedrooms in the funnel suite we decided to forego arendelle for dinner tonight i will have to experience it another time and hear it from you and everybody else on the maiden um and instead we are ordering paulo uh to our suite tonight oh wonderful oh wonderful yeah so so for our listeners out there to explain Karen won a raffle yesterday to stay in the tower suite 
tonight. And Karen is the first person to stay in that suite as a passenger. <laughs> um, probably the first person, really, because I think before this, it was pretty much a shell and, and, and then being toured. Uh, and so we are hoping uh, that we'll get a chance to talk to Karen tomorrow before we have to set sail on Thursday because we want to hear all about the experience. And now, Karen, I can't wait to hear about the food because I want to know all about this Palo Steakhouse we ordered quite a bit. We got some wagyu <laughs> going. We'll talk more about it. But, um, you know, just being here has kind of put me in the mood to just splurge even more. <laughs> like, right? Live, live right. So I actually have my bottle of champagne. There was a bottle of champagne sitting in the fridge when we um, when we entered the suite. So we popped that open and I'm sipping on it while we talk. <laughs> I love that. Love I love that. It. I love it. Well, I hear, I hear that. I hear yeah, that Bob Chapek is. That. I hear that Bob Chapek is pumping the, the smell of money into that suite over time to help <laughs> you help you loosen the pocketbook a little bit, Karen. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it does. And I will say, you know, they shared. You know, I know it just from you know our our uh, our our bookings as a travel agency that the funnel suite is fully booked for every date that is out there. You cannot book it right now. So as much as they did all kinds of tours for the travel trade and for social media and TV and radio and all that um, over the last two days, um, it, it's, it is fully booked. And I know there's some, you know, we'll talk more about it, but um, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and, you know, getting back to adult dining, um, you know, Enchante is, just it it just lightens and brightens up everything that you think about when you think about Remy. The I can't wait to actually dine there because the setting, just like this whole ship, it just feels lighter. It feels it feels more modern, uh, but still completely romantic and elegant. And it's not going to disappoint. You you had a photo in one of the groups of the table setting. Uh, from Enchante. And there was like a, I don't know what it was. It was like a big gold plated, almost like, uh, I don't know, statuette or something like right in the place saying, was that the menu? Is that what that was? So there is um, an introduction to Enchante that is kind of held up by this white piece that looks like it should be technology, but actually all it is, is a, is a stand to hold the menu and that introduction. So yes, that's just a little welcome to the space, a little about it. And then the menu will also um, be uh, presented there. Nice. So I, I think then if I can switch topics a bit, I think that the next thing we need to hear about and talk about is the spa and the rainforest room area. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. Yes. Because uh, we haven't, we've seen pictures, of course, online. There's quite a few pictures of the rainforest, the new outdoor rainforest area called the Oasis, but we have not really heard much about the spa and what the feel of it is and, and that sort of a thing. It is stunning. So definitely be sure to take your spa tour. And that's been a tradition for my family for years. And we finally kind of got away with it, you know, away from it after sailing so much. But I said on this ship, hey, we got to go do the spa tour on, you know, right when we board and do it because um, there's some new treatments in the spa. There are some new areas in the spa. And then the rainforest is completely different. So, um, you know, towards the back of the spa area, as you move more forward on the ship, you will enter the rainforest. And the first part of the rainforest is indoors and it has you know some of the elements that everybody loves but it feels just more open and lighter it has those great heated chairs it has um a, a a sauna area, a Haman area with steam. It has um, a new feature is the ice room. Now, one question that I had about the ice room is I have been in some spas that they give you kind of shaved ice when you're in there and they encourage you to rub it on your skin. <laughs> Apparently they do not do that at on Disney, um, in this ice room, but it is a beautiful place just to go. And I guess tighten up your pores. 
<laughs> um, and then there's these great swings with water flowing underneath. So that is just a great indoor area, but then you move outdoors and this is a whole new feature for a Disney ship. You probably have seen the shade areas in the shape of a Mickey head. Um, and you know, might some, um, some of your listeners might have wondered, what is that? Well, that is the rainforest. And under that are hot tubs. There's some really cool, uh, I don't know if, what kind of wood. It might be some kind of bamboo or wood curved chairs that you can sit under. And then all around that are just gorgeous, cushy chairs just to relax and, you know, enjoy the space in. So it is, it is fantastic. Uh, we actually, you know, did our tour of the spa and the rainforest. And then because the signs are not all up, when we were wandering around the ship, uh, the first night, we uh, went through kind of, you know, the promenade area and we walked by the little station where um, dogs can, you know, the little pet relief area. <laughs> Yeah, and then Pluto, Pluto's on, area or whatever it's Pluto, called. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we came on this white upon this white door that was not marked. It did not say crew only. It didn't say anything. And my husband had a feeling he had been there before. So we ended up opening the door and we were in the rainforest. <laughs> the outdoor part of the rainforest. Yeah, that's what, so somebody posted a video of the running track and they, and that's what they did too, because they didn't realize that you have to go up the stairs because the running track is not because of the rainforest oasis. It is not all on one level, the running track. You have to go up and down stairs um, in order to do. Exactly. And those stairs were actually closed off. We could not go up those stairs at that time for some reason. (laughs) And there were these double doors before that, that were wood, you know, that shiny wood doors. And they were also not marked. So we said, well, let's go in there. We thought we would be in the ship. We were actually in the spa, but this was midnight and we were not clearly not supposed to be in either of those areas. Um, (laughs) But the door locks are not yet working. Signage is not yet working. (laughs) So um, there's some things to tweak, but the the spa areas are beautiful. The spa, um, the couple's spa villas are now indoors. They are not, they do not have the outdoor balconies like on the dream and the fantasy, but they do have the hot tubs inside and, you know, they have the beautiful, you know, a beautiful room. We, there's two of them. One of them has these zero gravity beds. Um, the other has more of like this um, floating bed kind of feeling. And they are just really, really stunning as well. And there's some new treatments on the ship. There's this really cool bed that looks like it's got kind of sands that moves with you. It's definitely take the tour. Well, we are signed up to do the zero gravity massage and I am apprehensive to say the least to see what this thing looks like. I'm, I'm curious what just what one quick question on the rainforest, the outdoor space. I don't know if you were able to tell, but I am so curious because the walking track goes right above it one level. Right. So people who aren't in the rainforest room can be walking up there. Did you get a sense that they might have sight lines like down into that space? Because that could that could be a little awkward, I feel like. It could be, but I think between the seating area is sort of under where they'd be walking. So that would be a little tricky to see. And then the hot tubs are covered. So, I mean, maybe if people are really intentional about trying to get the right angle, you could see people down there, just like, you know, anywhere else in the ship where you can see people. Um, So there might be, you know, a little bit of a lack of privacy, but I still think it would be well worth a day pass there. They are, you know, selling day passes and length of cruise passes to that, you know, to that space. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think it, I think people will enjoy it. Yeah. And, and remember, you know, 
Brian, this is a space where you have to wear a bathing suit and it's cool. Well, that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying the reinforcement today is kind of a retreat away from the rest sure. of the ship and it could feel the a little buzz, bit different right. if people are just wandering around having drinks on the front of the ship, you know, kind of right. I hear you. I hear right. you. And I know you can really see that Mickey think- from the concierge lounge because Karen's videos online show you can see that Mickey um, overhang from, from that you concierge can, lounge. But there's no way you could really see people unless you right. were really using some kind of lens and trying hard i will say there is you know that indoor rainforest area as well that would be completely Mm -hmm. private and you know i think it is a unique space and you know i think the rainforest from the other ships feels a little bit enclosed there's no view there's no nothing so this i think at least feels more open you can have some fresh air when the ship is moving i would definitely say you know prioritize it for a sea day if you can um, so that you can get some, you know, fresh breeze as you're going through. Awesome. So one other area that we've seen a lot of questions online about are these, the older kids areas, right? So we talked about Oceaneers Club and a little bit about the nursery as well, but what were your impressions of, you know, Vibe, Edge, Hideaway, those spaces? So cool. So Edge is, you know, on its own area. It's, you know, completely separate. I think it's kind of that way on other ships as well. Edge is gorgeous, really fun, lots of, you know, fun spaces, some video screens, some hidden hidden Mickeys. I think there's going to be a lot of fun spaces there. And also the trick to edge is that it does have its own entrance um, with an elevator um, entrance that your card has to be coded to open. So just like on other ships, it kind of has that secret door. You can get to it around the other way, or you can get to it through its own elevator, which is sort of fun. And then up on uh, deck, wanting to say deck 12, the vibe area is just I mean, anybody would want to go in there and hang out. It's really fun. Lots of just cool spaces to just chill out and chat. And it's got, you know, the famous kind of bar area. Um, But what's maybe new is that it does have a coffee machine in there now. And it connects to a second space that is the hideaway. and. The hideaway is the first time that the ship has a designated spot for the 1820s. And I happen to be sailing with an 1820. My son is 19 and he was eager to check it out, having kind of been raised on Disney Cruise Line from, you know, Oceaneer Club on up. And but during the day, the eight, that hideaway is really not. There's nothing going on for the 1820s. It can be used by Vibe um, as an extended area. They also mentioned that in the future, it might be used for other events. Like they might do that, you know, um, canvas, wine and canvas painting class that they had back in the day. I can't remember what that was called, but they mentioned that that might be coming back and that would be a space for it. It has a, again, it has a big slider so that they can open it for vibe or they can close it and have it for, you know, the 1820s later in the evening in the first, every night they've had a 10 PM meetup there for 1820 or for whatever other, you know, space that they want. So great place to go chill out, lots of chargers, you know, for your phones. Um, and it is also right next to the hero zone, which is mind-blowing and finally disney got almost everything right about you know a basketball kind of multi-sport um space (laughs) (laughs) did you get a chance to do the obstacle course karen or did you see adults trying to do it in the hero zone so i did not uh get to do it myself it was up and running yesterday it was closed down for media uh, so could not do it and it was going to be open later but i did not have a chance but i did get the scoop that there is no age restriction 
on it at all. It's just a height restriction of, I believe they said minimum of 40 inches, um, but then doesn't matter how old you are, how big you are, everybody can do it. You just have to have socks on. So there'll be designated times to do the um, Incredicourse and it looks like a lot of fun. But what's really cool from my 19-year-old son's perspective is that basketball is basically open all the time and all night long. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. That's, that's something I, I, I know a lot of people have been looking forward to that, that space because of the way it can be converted because it's a basketball space, because it's an, an obstacle course. Hey, so I, I want to change gears a little bit unless Brian's going to tell me no, but, um, <laughs> I, I have seen online from a few other folks that you guys have had some special performers on board, um, during the, Enchanted Showcase Cruise. Um, I, I hear that America Chavez from Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness was on. I hear that the voice of Ariel and the voice of Goofy were on board. Can you tell us uh, about some of these, these sort of special performances? Because I think we're probably going to see maybe one or two of these kinds of things on the Maiden Voyage as well. I, I hope you do. Uh, yes, we were really excited. There was a lot of buzz that folks had um, seen um, Jody Benson, who is um, the voice of of um, Ariel, the original Ariel, um, coming on on board the ship, and. Um, I, I had a sneaking suspicion she was going to perform for us. So we, in fact, did have a special um, meeting, a sales meeting yesterday in the new two-story Luna space, which is also a great space that we haven't mentioned yet. And uh, sure enough, we had several special guests, um, including Jody Benson, who really, you know, got to chat with us about kind of, you know, how did she you know, get the role of a lifetime of Ariel. And, and she is now, um, was now honored as a Disney legend. So super cool that she, um, you know, was able to chat with us and really just saying about 45 seconds worth. <laughs> there was some kind of restriction about that. Uh, uh, you know, copyright, trial, I don't know what, but. Did uh, she sing part of your world at least? She she did. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's the. Oh, if no, you no. only have forty five seconds to sing, yeah. that's what you sing, she sang right? Part yeah. of part of your world, apparently. <laughs> and then we also got to hear from Soshi Gomez, who you know is America Chavez, and I learned how to pronounce her name. I saw her name in writing, but then they pronounced it as Soshi. Um, and wow. She super impressed me. I, I kind of thought she was, you know, maybe 19 or 20, you know, maybe around my son's age. And then I found out that she is actually 16 and she is 16 years old. Thanks Wikipedia for confirming that. Um, but she got to come up and, you know, by the way, check out her Instagram because she has, you know, highlights from the cruise. <laughs> she apparently, she shared with us that she loved the, um, Aquamouse. She wrote it the other night, you know, multiple times over and over again. Um, and so we got to hear from her, you know, about her getting also, you know, it's probably going to be the role of a lifetime. What an amazing experience, you know, an opportunity for her. And then we um, heard from the voice of Goofy, Bill Farmer. <laughs> And he was freely giving us the voice of Goofy. <laughs> um, and what a nice guy. Also telling, you know, shared his story of how, you know, he was a teenager just goofing around, learning impressions, moved into radio and, you know, then auditioned and became part of the Disney company. So that was Super, super fun. Um, there was also a woman um, on board, and I wish I could remember her name right now. She is a Disney artist and a Disney Cruise Line historian that, um, you know, talked a little bit about her uh, history with the company. And she, um, some of the prizes that were given away in our um, meeting were some 
uh, original sketches that you know she had created that were then signed by Jody Benson or Soshi or Bill Farmer. So that was really cool as well. I have one last question to shift gears, Karen, before we wind down here. Uh, and we, we are excited to talk to you again tomorrow about some more experience. But I wanted to, to ask about Hyperspace Lounge because that is a big topic of discussion for folks. The reservation system, the size of it, whether you can even get in. Um, were, were you able to experience Hyperspace Lounge and any sort of tips for folks who are saying, well, when I get on board, I definitely want to experience that? Absolutely. We did get in last night and I was really excited because I was starting to get a little disheartened that we might not be able to get in. So, you know, some folks were a little bit more in tune with it than I was that, you know, learned like, hey, we might be able to make an advanced reservation through either guest services or apparently they were taking reservations on boarding day at Keg and Compass. So I would encourage your listeners to check out either guest services or Keg and Compass if there's not somebody at the the entrance to Hyperspace Lounge, um, taking names because there were, um, you know, reservations being made. I also just confirmed that concierge will assist with, um, if you're a concierge guest, they will assist with getting those um, reservation times for you as well. But then I had heard, hey, you can get in on a wait list. So I said, well, let's try that. Um, we did not even put our name on the wait list until after dinner yesterday. Um, so close to about 10 o'clock, we, um, my husband went over there and put his name in and they said, you know, this is probably not going to happen. We're fully sold out. Got a long list, but we'll put you down for 1115. So um, we came back down after the fireworks show, checked back in with them. They said, mm, we're not really sure, but, you know, go have a drink at the Bayou, which is really right there um, in front of the entrance to the lounge. And so we did. We hung out at the at the Bayou for a bit. And then I sent my husband back over to say, you know, hey, you know, we don't need a table. We're okay with the bar because I heard that is a distinction that the tables are being served differently from the bar. And, you know, they still were kind of noncommittal, but sure enough, right at 11 15, they came over and they said, Hey, you ready? Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hey, so, can I, can I ask a follow-up question on that? Is wow. Have you seen kids in that space? Because, you know, we're going to have Nathan on board with us and I'm okay with going there during the day or in the evening. Doesn't really matter to me, but can I bring Nathan with me? Do you know? My understanding is that it will, it will turn adult only at 9 p.m. So how I think it will only open at around five. So you'll have a pretty good, decent window to go in there with him. Um, and there are some great beverage options that are appropriate, you know, non-alcoholic. And it is a really cool space. Uh, so, you know, definitely try to see if you can get on a list or a reservation, um, you know, for before nine for that purpose. Um, and I would just keep checking. I think that, you know, kind of that... My husband calls it using the force, <laughs> which is and maybe appropriate for, you know, this. Um, and he is brilliant at it, but I don't even know that he had to quite use the force, but just being really polite and kind, persistent, I think you'll and patient, you know, any with anything in travel these days. Right. Or even in any kind of restaurant, be patient, be polite. You'll get to experience it. And I will say that what shocked me after all that was we walked in and she said, do you want a table or the bar? There were two tables open and several seats at the bar. <laughs> and we, it was just the two of us and the tables were probably large enough for six, like these booths. So we said, we'll just take, we like sitting at bars anyway, chatting it up with the bartender. So we said, you know, we'll go ahead and sit at the bar. Yeah. You get better service sometimes at a bar too you know, drinks. Exactly. Service, you get to chat it up with the bartenders and see all the other drinks that they're making. Yeah. Well, Karen, I think we will pause our discussion there. And uh, I am blown away that you're going to get to stay in the tower suite this evening. I am so excited to hear about that experience. I'm excited to hear about Palo and the food. Uh, just amazing stuff. And so let's get you back to the wish. <laughs> and then we can't Thank wait to hear so more much. from you tomorrow. Uh, yeah. 
I'm really looking forward to talking to y'all tomorrow. It's, um, you know, the surprise twist that gives us even more to talk about. And I know you all are going to love it when you board yourselves. Well, yep. Thanks, Karen. We'll talk some more tomorrow. All right. Have a good night. Bye-bye. As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voice mail line. If you'd like to send us a question, a comment, or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air, then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. If you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.